You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Lucky to have all you here listening to the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Season two is underway after a very successful season one. So really, really excited to bring you some more diverse voices in the wrestling community. I have a great one for you today. The co-head coach of the Sanford Meridian Mustangs, Mr. Corey Cordero. Corey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So me and Corey go back pretty much as long as I've been a coach in the Tri-Cities area. Meridian is um, where I was coaching at West. You're about, what, 20, 25 minutes away from each other, give or take. Yeah, yeah. And and we'd see each other, yeah, we see each other a lot of the same tournaments, primarily Freeland, and had some Mm -hmm. really great individual battles um, uh, Corey's teams, uh, along with the the other co-head coach, Corey Robinson, was like Corey Squared. The Corey's is <laughs> called sometimes. Uh, their teams are, was always tough. It was always nice to wrestle them, and um, they've had a he's had a litany of success at Meridian, and he's a homegrown kid. So, tell me how you got involved in the great sport of wrestling. Um. Well, I started when I was seven, and we just had a sign-up sheet going through like our daily mailbox there that they give out at the end of the day at school. And I actually thought it was going to be somewhat more WWE related, <laughs> WWF at that time. I was kind of a fan of that stuff when I was a little kid. And my mom, I grew up with a single mom here, and she probably wanted me to have some structure. She was always encouraging me to get into sports and whatnot. And when I brought the permission slip home with interest, she was willing to take me. Um, I don't really remember a ton of what got me in there those first couple of years, but I stuck around and yeah, I mean, I've wrestled in Meridian my whole life, uh, youth all the way up, uh, seventh grade. I started training Northern elite was looking to take that next step. I stayed at Meridian as I did that. I was doing two nights there, two nights in Meridian. And that was, uh, that was really eye opening. You know, I had some great practice partners there like Jared Jermaine, Ryan Neiman, BJ Suter, Darius Wass, you know, those guys. It's kind of that golden era of Northern Elite. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of some crazy times there through junior high, and that was really where I took the next step and really um, decided, like, I guess started to think of myself as a wrestler more than anything else, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's great. The, the opportunity to get better by seeking out the best training partners in the area. And um, you kind of grew up in this era where there were, there's more of this like a Northern elite um, kind of a, a, a private club, so to speak, that's training people where, when I came up, it really was the, the freestyle clubs through the high school. And you didn't really have as many opportunities for off season workouts, unless you went to summer camp or you made a national team. So um, that, that, that's a great thing. So you get into high school and what were kind of your, your goals going in? You know, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really know how good I was. I think I, I kind of like something I struggled with throughout high school there in junior high was overall confidence. And, um, you know, like going back to the Northern Elite thing, I would see those guys have success at all levels. The guys I was practicing with, granted, I wasn't scoring on them, but I was in the same room going through the same workouts. So I knew I was kind of on the, the right trail in that sense. And um, freshman year, I would say my honest expectation and goal was probably to qualify for state and I, at some point through the season there, Coach Mike Sampson, which you also know, mm-hmm. he was always pushing me to believe in myself more and more. And he would do uh, little things to try to build my confidence along the way. Like 
uh, my freshman year, I remember him having me write in a notebook before every match just to get my mindset. And he would notice in my writing in certain matches where I was incompetent or, you know, would be looking too much at like what it looks like on paper versus just worried about just wrestling and whatever it is, it is. Um, so kind of rambling there, but at some point in my freshman year, I started to really realize I was having a good year. I was rallying a bunch of wins together and set my goal to be like a medalist. And, and I did end up achieving that my freshman year at 103. Wow. What was it like getting there as a freshman? Um, I had always been at the state tournament. Uh, like I, I haven't missed a state tournament, I believe, since I was like in sixth grade. So it was something like I was always around the team. I was the manager when I was in junior high a little bit for the varsity team. And, you know, Jeremy Sampson and Mike were always telling me, you know, you're going to be here, whatever, like four time. They used to say four time state champ, you know, and <laughs> I don't know if I ever really believed that. But, um, you know, you kind of just joke and go along with it. Uh, yeah. So it was it was something I kind of expected to be there uh, again with like the, the kind of lack of confidence. I didn't really ever know if I um, believed I was ready to win a state title or going to go there to win a state title. But I always believed I was going to be there competing. Right. So, and you qualified all four years. Yes. And in the first one to do it at Meridian, correct? I believe so. What's it like to be kind of that, I don't know, like the, the not the trendsetter, I don't want to say that, but like the, the goal. Because it's very difficult to qualify for states four times. There's just not a lot of wrestlers like that. Um, I was fortunate in my coaching career to coach a few kids like that and it's a different, like you said, a different kind of mindset to make it to the state tournament four times and, and have to, you know, as you're as a freshman or a sophomore, have to deal with sometimes confidence issues or just that, not being in the right mindset versus your junior or senior year where you have that confidence and, and hopefully you can put it all together to make a run. Right. Do you well, ever, do you ever so feel like your, your, your athletes look at you like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to try to like, uh, keep the topic from me. I don't, I don't really want it to be about me, but when they do inevitably bring it up or try to talk about me, I just like always tell them I want them to be better than me, you know, and, and, um, they should achieve to be more than me because I was very good and I had a, a successful career, but I also was aware that like, I wasn't perfect, you know, and, and I, there was a lot of room I left for improvement that could have been, um, or a lot, a lot of stuff, I guess, like time I left on the table that I could have been improving at wrestling that I wasn't, and I could have been a lot better. And so I want my guys to, um, in a sense, you know, see what I was and, and try to achieve more. That's great. That's great. And, and you're a very humble guy, so it's, it's one of those things where you, you, don't, you don't talk about that. Accomplishment. Even though you're probably pretty proud of it, it's something that doesn't, it doesn't affect your life. You know, that's, that was part of your life. It still is, but in some aspects your, your focus is on your athletes and them becoming better people when it's all right. said and done and not yeah. to put words in your mouth. <laughs> no, right. And we kind of talked a little bit at the clinic uh, a couple weeks ago about this, you know, and, and just to me, I, I, yeah, I am very proud, like you said, of what I did. And at this point I'm just trying to, uh, I'm, I'm more proud of what my guys do. Right. Like I'm more proud of seeing them achieve goals, whether it's a kid that, is a 500 wrestler that gets to regionals. And that was his goal. Like that, that stuff makes me proud more so than anything I accomplished in my mm. high school career. Nice. Nice. So what year did you graduate? 2009. 
Okay, so 2009, you graduate. Did you think about wrestling in college? A little. Um, some point in my senior year, I kind of I, – I also, we talked about this earlier this offseason. I wouldn't call it burnout. It was just like fatigue of wrestling. And that kind of hit me at some point in my senior year where uh, – I wouldn't say I would slack, but I was in cruise control mode. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't going above and beyond. And – you know, something my coaches and, and my mom had asked me about, and I kind of just wanted to be done and just be a, a normal college kid. So right. it was a little bit of thought, but I nothing too serious. So, so you, uh, what did you do afterwards? How did you come back to the program as, as a coach, back to so, the grading program? I took two years off there from wrestling as a whole. I mean, I kind of kept my eye on it, but um, didn't have much involvement, and then my youth coach and um, coach Jeremy Sampson was taken back over the program there in 2012, taking over his varsity. And he had called me and asked me if I wanted to come help out, be an assistant. Um, he also brought in Jake Jeske with me and Sean Woolley, who were both guys that had been involved in our program and were young and still hungry to wrestle in a sense. Uh, so he called me, brought me back and he had us coming in. And I think that those first couple of years, I was more of a good practice partner, really more so than I was a great coach. Uh, like it's probably, I was, you know, what, 20, 21 years old. So it was still kind of about me in a sense. I was trying to learn and grow in that aspect of, Hey, we're there for the kids. It's not about me tech falling everyone in the room. Right. And um, that was really a growing period, but Jeremy did awesome with us. I look back and he, he really gave us a lot of slack and leeway in terms of, uh, letting us kind of run, run segments of practice and, and get our feet wet and kind of experience what it was like to be in charge of a room and, and all that stuff. Okay. And then I want to say that, so, so you came on staff in 2012, and by 2014 you had your first state champion. Yes. Tell me about and, that experience. And that was a ton of fun, right? And um, had been since the 70s, since we had a state champ. And I mean, you, we, it's kind of funny. We had some battles, you know, Jake Allery, as I say in his name, right? Fade. <laughs> yeah. You're saying his name, right? <laughs> so when you were coach at Western and we're referring to our state champ, Eric Fader and those guys, they had some battles through the years. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Fader, yeah, he was a special guy and he kind of changed the perspective of our program there. And we had a bunch of good kids in that era with him. He was just the one that, that broke through and, and got the title and he right. definitely deserved it. He, uh, lived and breathed wrestling, you know. It was, uh, and I want to say he won in overtime. Yeah, double, yeah. double. double. Over, I mean, and it and it was kind of crazy because um, we always joke and say he won it twice because at the end, I believe it was at the end of regulation, he had given up a takedown to tie it, and he kind of he hit like a roll or something. And we thought it won the match, like a Granby roll, kind of Olympic roll. It was late, you know, big guys. It's not really pretty, but <laughs> <laughs> he hit a roll and we looked at the clock and there was like six seconds left. And we thought, you know, for sure he had won the state title, but apparently the computer clock didn't match the scoreboard or something. And uh. time was actually out. So we had like a five to 10 second celebration and then realized we had to, we had to wrestle overtime. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. <laughs> what the roller coaster, you know, yeah, no, that was uh, that was that was an exciting match. I was excited for you. Uh, it, it's always nice to see your athletes complete uh, complete the mission, basically, and and 
you've always had some some really tough tough kids there so tell me how Corey robinson who who i knew he wrestled for caro and really i knew him as the bullet creek coach so how did that all come together and you guys became co-head coaches of the program so we were both in mount pleasant going to school at the time and you were correct he was the coach of bull creek and we you know we'd get together and talk wrestling and talk philosophy technique this and that and originally we started getting really close through the club we tried to run called the mc hammers um <laughs> and MC play on Midland County. So we're Midland County hammers mm-hmm. and we wanted to do something, have like a club for the, for the area with some, you know, higher level technique, higher level practices. So we started that and we had, you know, kind of some coaches in the area helping us out and him and I kind of took the reins of it and tried to keep that club going for a couple of years. And we became close to it. We were doing travel teams and everything. Mm-hmm. And we kind of uh, kind of thought it'd be cool to do it together. And timing matched up pretty well with Coach Sampson wanting to step down from the head coach at Meridian. And, you know, we all talked about it and wasn't going perfect for Coach Robinson at Creek. He was kind of looking for somewhere to fit better and mm-hmm. thought we'd make it work together. So he came over to Meridian. Yeah, and, and you guys have had a very successful uh uh, partnership and the the you don't hear very much co-head coaches um the only one i can really think of off the top of my head and i'm sure there's more there's a uh, bob butcher yeah and, and steve yeah. and coach lay of carol mm-hmm. and then in clinton with uh coach roland and uh or no i'm sorry i don't think they are co-head coaches i'm gonna but uh but yeah but that's the only one i can really think of off the top of my head um, with the co-head coaches, how do you make that work? Uh, communication. I mean, now we're on year eight, so it's definitely getting like we're smoother and getting better at it. Those first couple of years, we were probably pretty rough on the uh, like communicating with parents and announcements and the paperwork side of things. And, and um, so we've gotten a lot better with that. And I mean, we don't really have black and white roles defined. It's just, we both do a little bit of everything. We share an email. We see how things need to go when it comes to practice. We we're usually planning about a week out and we're communicating with each other on how we want it to go. And we each have our drills that we like to do. So, you know, coach Robinson coming from Carroll, he's, he's really good with all this cradle stuff. So he's the guy running that. And obviously I understand that. And, um, both of us, you know, it's check our egos at the door because it's not about us. It's about the kids. Mm-hmm. So when we're, when we're clicking on that, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's worked very well. Uh, how many district titles you guys won so far? We have four. I mean, four district titles in seven years. And, and you've had multiple all-stars. In fact, you had another state champion last year and Nick Dodman. Um, yeah. T- tell me about that experience of having, you know, you go, you, you win one a little early in your career, have an individual state champion, I should say, and then it comes back, especially in a pandemic-era um, kind of year. What was that like? We were super excited. Obviously, it was our first one together, and we've had a lot of guys that we've had going into the state tournament thinking contenders, thinking we have a shot to go win one here, and, you know, 
it's so hard to win a state title. A little bit of luck, you know, everybody probably needs some luck. And it just was never clicking and to finally break through. And Nick's a special kid, you know, being there, I'm sure you see him. He's at your camp every year. He's yeah. everywhere. He put in the time. He um, set himself the goal of being a state champ, and he wasn't going to stop till he achieved it. Yes, yeah, so I remember Nick, uh, Nick very, very, uh, even our open mats during the summer, he would come up and work out and uh, very determined, comes from a very determined family. So, <laughs> yeah, no, right. Uh, yep. <laughs> and um, when it comes to the, these, uh, some of the things that we explored at the, the Michigan Wrestling Association, kind of looking at some different ways, uh, we've talked a little bit about mentorship. What does mentorship look like in our coaching ranks right now? If you could put together some type of program or system where young coaches can go to someone to get some advice on what they need to do moving forward to make their program successful. I would, I would, I would encourage them to go to the coaches clinic. Uh, the advice we get there is awesome, you know, and, and like coach Boudreaux making himself and his, his uh the way he does things so available running the practice in front of us and being there to answer any questions we have like that's awesome uh we we really take from that and take from you know the the college clinicians they have there and just not being too proud to learn right because there's always there's always things you can do better um i guess in terms of advice for younger coaches something that i think coach robinson myself do really well is we are taking bits and pieces from everywhere and making it fit at Meridian. You know, uh, I can't do things just like coach Donovan does at Midland, just like coach Boudreaux does at Lowell. We have to be our own way just because we all have different circumstances within our school, whether it's the number of athletes, um, just maybe the overall state of your program in terms of culture, you know, so try to take bits and pieces from everyone and make it fit for your school and make adjustments along the way. That's, that's very sound. Uh, the MHSAA is sponsoring girls wrestling. It's the fifth division in the state. What What do you say about how the girls, women's wrestling, etc., has grown in the last ten years? What can you attribute that to? I don't really know what I can attribute it to, but I'll say that I think it's awesome, and I think that you know um, the sport can give back to to both genders, and that overall interest in girls wrestling is awesome in the state of Michigan and the, the lessons that wrestling can give them is great and they deserve that. And I think that they deserve to be able to compete against females. You know, it can be tough on a girl that isn't super high level to wrestle the gauntlet of the varsity schedule and they may burn out, quit, not make it through. And now that we're going to have tournament in the season for them, it's going to give them equal opportunity. And that's great. Yeah, yeah, which is really awesome. I just think about it. I've talked about this in the podcast when I when I was in youth wrestling um, and, and thinking about some of the female wrestlers that came out when I was in high school. I graduated in 02. Uh, Cynthia Harold was of Saginaw Buena Vista. She was the first female state qualifier in the state of Michigan. Uh, and follow that up by the next year with Kirsten LaBelle. And then uh, you got a Amy Merrill, I want to say, was the first state placer back in 2004 um, of Martin, I believe. So it's really, you know, going. And then we've talked about like the CC Webbers, um, yeah, that that really kind of pioneered and everything else. And you just look at the growth. I mean, even now, I'm thinking of myself almost about to get teary eyed. My youngest wants to wrestle. My oldest still 
still wants to play basketball, which is okay. It's an in, it's an inside sport, right? The weather's better right. inside. No uh, doubt. <laughs> and, and who knows? You know, maybe maybe she'll Everest will run with it and and be and want to pursue it and be a really good wrestler. And we'll, we'll see what happens. She's only going to be five, so. <laughs> Yeah, well, now's a great time to get into it, right? Because, I mean, Division One colleges are adding programs and adding teams. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a lot of opportunity for scholarships here coming once it, it really gets, like, traction as an NCAA sport. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for girls that uh, that fall in love with the sport and want to want to grow and achieve the next, at the next level. So yeah. It's going to be, yeah. It's going to be a big rush, I think, for real. How do you view the season moving forward now that we're kind of in a – post-COVID era, so to speak, um, with rules, depending on what school district you're in, do you think it'll be a little bit smoother than it was last year? I would imagine it has to be a little bit smoother. Like, I know at Meridian right now, we're not going to be doing testing. Um, So, in the school, in all sports last year, you know, a basketball player's wiping out his lunch table because he has a, a positive test or vice versa, you know, I didn't mean to single out a basketball player, just a student is wiping out an entire table. And I don't know if that'll be happening this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of rough last year at times, you know, we had uh, three guys not get to wrestle regional. So that was really a bummer and just looking forward to being a little more normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me, me too. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, excited to see what happens this year. It's going to be a lot of great wrestling. It's just that, I think it's a great time to be involved in the sport at all levels in the state of Michigan, you know, from the youth to junior high to high school and even at the college ranks. Um, It's a great, great opportunity. So my last question to you is what is your advice to those coaches that are thinking about getting their, their skin in the game and want to want to build a successful program like you and coach Robinson have at Meridian? What what was it going to, what do they need to do? to get to that level kind of mentioned a little bit earlier just taking bits and pieces and making it fit with your program uh and never don't be too proud to learn and adjust along the way uh something i think we're pretty good at is like reflecting back and seeing what we did well and and maybe what we didn't do well and trying to adjust to that uh each crop of kids is different at least at our school and and each uh each season's different you know we we generally start at the same point and as the season goes we never end up teaching the same things along the way right Right. everything's different so we can't force force the team to fit in our mold we're really coaching to our kids and what they're good at and the trends of the season well said well said well thank you Corey, so much i appreciate you being on the podcast some have been trying to do for a while since we since we talked when uh back in april and really appreciate your support and the things that you guys are doing at meridian and looking forward to you guys having a great season thanks man i appreciate you having me on it was fun all right you take care all right have a good one thank you for listening to the coach t podcast by my dad